Amen. Whatever you need, you can get in this house today. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom, healing, salvation, miracles. For with God, nothing is impossible. And with God, all things, all things, all things are possible. Come on, for by Him were all things made. In Him we live, we breathe, and we have our being. He's able to open up the blinded eye, to remove cancer from your body, to heal the kidney disease that you're dealing with. He's able. Somebody shout, for the Lord is able. Amen. This praise team, why don't you get in your microphone and just shout, the Lord is able. The Lord is able. The Lord is able. Shout it again. The Lord is able. The Lord is able. Now this congregation shout, the Lord is able. How many believe he's able right now to do anything? Hallelujah. Anything. Glory. Hallelujah. I, I have watched him open blinded eyes. I have watched him cause legs to grow. I have seen the withered hand heal. I've seen cancer disappear. I have seen miracles happen within five feet of me. God is able. But my daddy would teach it this way. He said the greatest miracle is when he can take a black heart wash it with red blood and make it whiter than snow aren't you glad he saved you from your sinful ways somebody shout hallelujah in the midst of a pandemic there's a church in the midst of a pandemic god's still on the throne chaos on the streets but there's order in his presence I'm telling you, God has a church that has risen up in an end time that will not waver, which will not weaken, and which will not fail. It's built on a rock. Amen. Jesus is its king. Somebody shout Jesus. I've been speaking it, and I will speak it often. Paul said to Timothy in the last days, he said perilous times, dangerous times, Men, he went on to say that men would wax worse and worse. Evil would be upon the earth. He said there would be godly, godliness, or godlessness. And he talks about the end time and where we are even now. It's an evil day. Lawlessness, immorality, confusion, haters of God. We live in that day. How many know that's the truth? He warned the next generation, this will come. But can I remind you that Joel also prophesied. He said, in the last day, said God, he said, the sons and the daughters are going to prophesy. Let me put it this way. He said, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of a dark hour, I will have a generation that's going to love me. I'm going to have a generation that's going to prophesy. They're going to live for God. Amen, amen. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, we're going to win this race. We're going to make it home. Praise God. Yesterday, yes, just remain standing. Yesterday, we buried two absolute, amazing, faithful saints of God. 
Brother Mike and Sister Debbie Tehai, loyal to the Lord, committed. I remember, I remember brother, brother Michael number three and brother Michael number four back there, son and grandson. I remember when they repented, gave their life to God. And uh, two weeks and one day after Sister Debbie went to the ambulance, Brother Mike went to the ambulance in the hospital for a couple months. But two weeks and one day after Sister Debbie died, Brother Mike died. Brother Gene called him Mike and Ike. They were always together. It seems like the Lord chose to go ahead and take them home together. When they went to be with the Lord, they had peace, joy, happiness, in their life and I said to myself if I'm gonna go that's how I want to go I don't want to go lost I don't want to go miserable I want to go knowing the Lord's got my hand and my tomorrow we had a move of God yesterday in this room in that in that home going service hey that's all that really matters as we make it to the other side are you planning on making it look at your neighbor and say it doesn't matter what the devil's doing you're gonna make it you're gonna make it somebody shout I'm gonna make it Lincoln, come up here, baby doll. I did this in the last service. Amen. You moved me today singing about the light of the world today. Wasn't that wonderful? We're, I'm so blessed. We're so blessed. There's so much talent coming up in this church. You're going to hear more of it. You're going to see more, more of it coming up through ACA, Acre, Christian Academy, and just within our church. It's amazing what God's doing. But I'll tell you what's, what, what the devil would love to do. He would love to take you out of the church. But you remember what I'm telling you. Greater is he that's with you than he that's within the world. One of these days, you and me, honey, we're going to be on the streets of gold around the throne of God for 10,000 years worshiping him. Because no weapon, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. The devil can throw every fiery dart that he wants to, but I've got a shield of faith that says the Lord is going to bring me out. The Lord is going to bring me how many of you are planning on making it today? Clap your hands and shout amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Victory belongs to him. Victory belongs to Help me now as everybody say. Victory belongs Somebody shout it. to but I wish I had hair. Amen. God has been good to us. Next Sunday, everybody shout, next, next weekend. It's going to be Christmas and communion weekend. We're going to be taking communion, honoring the Lord's body. 
We're going to worship in a communion service Saturday and Sunday. We want you to come with your heart prepared. Make sure you're preparing your heart all week. We have with us one of the most dynamic preachers that I believe that has ever lived. Bishop Douglas White. We wish his wife Pamela was with him, who we love very, very, very much. Uh, amazing family. Children all love God and live for the Lord and serve the kingdom so well. And uh, 18 years ago, pushing 19 now, he came in our life and God sent him, there's no doubt. And uh, has been such a tremendous blessing to me. I believe everybody needs a pastor. I'm not saying that for job security here today, but maybe out a little bit, I don't know. I, we all need somebody to tell us no and straighten us up and tell us when we're not right. We need that. Yeah, I'm telling all of you that. I need that. Amen. My wife doesn't because she's an angel, but we all need it, don't we? Everybody needs a pastor. Bishop White, and my dad's my pastor, but he's been a bishop and an elder in my life, and he has been a safe place, covering prayer, moments that that something in my spirit he would call and say thus saith the Lord God uses people to reach people thank you Bishop for loving us for praying for us and covering us in prayer we honor you and I know this church loves you I want everybody that would to stand on your feet and honor the man of God as he comes today and uh, let's, let's welcome him he comes to preach the word of the Lord he could be anywhere preaching today Bishop, just take your liberty. Do what you feel in the Lord, all right? How many love Bishop White? Would you honor him today? God bless you. Thank you. I've done made up my mind to like y'all. And uh, very, very thankful for that. I like y'all. I told somebody this morning, it's a lot easier to preach to people that you know love you and respect you but this church wouldn't feel like that if it wasn't for the way that uh, brother and sister bounds and their family feel i love them there are no words he said something about hair when he grows up he wants to be just like me and uh, you know i am follicularly challenged I don't understand how the hair can fall out the top of your head and suddenly start growing in bushes out your ears, your nose. I don't understand all of that. That is, uh... and then there's the other end of that. I was flying on my way here and they bumped me up to first class. I knew God loved me. He proved it when he bumped me up to first class because they make airplane seats for anorexic pygmies and then they stand back and try to watch people like me shove all of this into that but I looked and there was some dude I don't know if he was famous I don't know if he was squirrely all I know is this dude had dreadlocks and it looked like there was critters in that man's hair they wanted to wear a mask. I wanted to get, ask them to give me a mask just to put on back of the dude's head because I didn't want nothing crawling out on me. And I looked at that and the only thing that I could think is Jesus, if I had hair, I wouldn't treat it like that. I'd treat it so much better. But anyway, 
God bless you. I love Brother and Sister Bounds, love this church. I will tell you this for a truth. My spirit is more fulfilled right now than it's been in several weeks. And I think that it's because I get to be here and see the beautiful faces of the people that I pray for every day. My heart is happy and uh, Brother Bounds was worried about me preaching three services in a row. I told him a minute ago, he said, I'm sorry. I said, no, don't, I'm just, I wanna preach today just to prove to my son that I still got it. And uh, cause they say I'm old, I ain't old, I'm just seasoned. We're going to have great church at home today. I don't know if y'all know that or not. I don't know if this is recorded, live stream, whatever. I got a text just before I come out in here today. We in Texas. We, it's like the redneck capital of the world. Found out last night that we have a backslider out of our church that Brother Bounds has preached to many times. Was out slamming beer at a backyard sitting around the fire talking to a bunch of people and somewhere you know it's a new outreach ministry give me a six pack and a memory and I can have revival he got to talking to them people about how he used to live for God and how everything was so awesome knowing that God could do anything he wanted in any given service and he got to talking about God so much that this morning from what I understand, we got a couple rows of rednecks that are having hangovers and their wives coming to church today. So if you guys wanna have real throwdown revival, six pack and memories, that's what you need to have revival, I think. I would suggest you not do it, but pray for your backsliders to do that. <laughs> You know what? We don't get to come to church as much as we ought to. I agree with him. We need to be in church more than ever before. But my mentality is this. If we don't get to be here as often as we want, we better not waste one chance we get when we get here. We've got to learn how to come to church and make sure that we take advantage of every opportunity to serve God. God bless you, the Gospel of Luke. And Brother Soundman, don't hurt the people, but I am monitor dependent and my throat is messed up. I don't want, to, I'm gonna to try to pace myself this second service. Anybody that knows me realizes that don't mean nothing. But I don't want you all to be known as the ones that killed Doug White. So I'm going to try to pace myself. We'll see how, <laughs> see how effective that trying is. Luke chapter number two and verse number eight says, and they're in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said, y'all quit being scared. 
fear not for behold I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior which is Christ and this shall be a sign to you you're going to see a babe laying in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. Let me concur that in the first service uh, we had good church but nothing was really said about miracles this that and the other but everybody that's walked to the pulpit today I think in this service has talked about miracles I will tell you right now through the Holy Ghost there are some miracles that are setting in this service and God is going to give some of you that will lift him up a miracle in this house today If you believe it, you ought to clap your hands. God bless you. I want you to pursue the supernatural of God in this service. You may be seated. You young men going to help me preach today? How about all the rest of you? You going to help me preach today? It was in the early 1800s that a man named William Chatterton Dix was uh, employed and working as an insurance company manager. Things in his life were very good. Had a good income, had a good job. Everything in his world seemed to be falling into place. And then, with no warning, William Chatterton Dix ended up acquiring an unexpected and severe illness that affected his entire body. Every move that he would make was excruciating. He could not function, daily functioning, that humans would do without screaming out in pain. And in short order, he ended up being banished to a bedridden condition and laying there in that situation his mind became consumed with severe depression if there was a good side to his story it's that his near-death experience brought about a spiritual renewing in him as he was recovering William Chatterton Dix what caught himself reading his Bible incessantly comprehensively to the point that William Chatterton Dix wrote a lot of the old hymns that you and I would find in our songbooks if any of you are old enough to remember those things. Songbooks have gone the way of all flesh. Now, the only reason we got songbooks in our pulpit is to prop up our Bible sometimes as we preach. But in his studies in 1965, to be precise, 
Dix found himself reading the story out of the second chapter of Luke that I read to you today. And it speaks of the shepherds being approached by an angel telling them that I am going to send you to find the greatest spiritual manifestation that this life has ever seen. After reading it time and time again, Dix became mesmerized by the story recounting the divinely appointed experience that these shepherds had been given. William Chatterton Dix then found so much inspiration in the story of these shepherds being sent to Jesus that he began to try to imagine what was in the mind of these shepherds. What was it in the mind of these shepherds at the moment they were told, you're going to see Jesus? The inspiration of that passage was so overwhelming that William Chatterton Dix picked up a pencil and began to scrawl the words to the famous Christmas carol that we all sing what child is this it was written in Great Britain much more popular here in America but the carol's melody has been described as soulful and haunting and beautiful in nature <coughs> yet according to William Chatterton Dix the Christmas carol what child is this centers around the mentality of the shepherds, the lyrics, uh, prose, questions attempting to reflect what those shepherds must have encountered, the questions they had that filled their mind as they pondered what the angels saw in light of seeing a babe in a manger. When you look at the lyrics of what child is this, we read questions like, what child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping, whom angels greet and anthems sweet while shepherds watch are keeping. And then he tries to go on and attempt to answer those questions in the rest of the carol when he said this. This, this is Christ the King whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him, Lord, the babe, the son of Mary. William Chatterton Dix uh, tried the intention of William Chatterton Dix was to project through song the questions that those shepherds must have had. Think about it. What kind of questions would you have, would I have, if we were standing there at that moment? After all, the scripture tells us about the supernatural visitation and they were going to be sent. The angel said, you've heard about a savior your whole life today. 
I'm going to send you to see the Savior. And then he said, not only is he a Savior, but he is Christ the Lord. Mind you, when it said Christ the Lord, it is a translation, meaning that it was the anointed body of God. Uh, these shepherds were told, the one you're going to see today is the Savior of the whole world. Uh, he is the anointed body of God. Think about it. The glory of God filled the atmosphere. The light of God shone round about them. And the angels of God began to speak these amazing truths. Surely it's going to be an astounding moment surely it's going to be a prophetic moment and in fact in that atmosphere of the supernatural the angel said let me tell you what you're going to see today the savior you've heard about your entire life you're going to see him Today, he's going to be the anointed body of God. But don't be surprised when you get there because when you look at him, he's not going to look like a savior. He's not going to appear to be the body of God. In fact, you're going to know that you found him when you see a babe in a manger. Wrapped in swaddling clothes. Can you imagine these shepherds that had just been given an unbelievable prophecy? You are going to see the Savior of the world. You are going to encounter the anointed body of God. But then they look and all they see is a babe in a manger. He doesn't look like a savior he doesn't look like hey, the body of God he's a babe somewhere in a manger and it was that dialogue from God's word that drove William Chatterton Dix to, to, to opine the ultimate question that must have been in the heart of those shepherds what child is this they saw a babe in a manger but the angel said this babe is a savior this babe doesn't look like a savior he doesn't look like the body of God what child is this you mean to tell me this helpless infant laying in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes is the anointed body of God my brothers and sisters I pose to you the question that has shaken this known world anytime the story of a child being born is the physical body of God is magnified there are questions that humanity has to deal with. We've got to know what child is this? The Muslims have to ask that question.
question every time Jesus does what Muhammad cannot do the Buddhists have to ask that question every time that Jesus accomplishes what Buddha could never accomplish the Hindus are forced to ask the question when Jesus accomplishes what their hundreds of gods cannot accomplish they ask themselves what child is this I've come today to answer the question what child is this let me do it by going back to the beginning of time the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis chapter number one in verse number one in the inception of all the word of God it starts off saying in the beginning God our translation says God but in the original translation it would say in the beginning Elohim Elohim simply El means God but Ohim means plurality and for all the people in here that want to say see I told you there was more than one God you're out of your mind because when it says Elohim it does not mean a plurality of people it means a plurality of characteristics within that one God who was in the beginning. You hear me before. He was a babe in a manger. This one God with a plurality of characteristics would change himself according to the needs of mankind. That's why L which means God takes on many different characteristics according to the needs of the people. I wish somebody in here to help me preach a little bit today. In the original text of the Bible, we see that Elohim is often combined with other words to describe the various characteristics of God. But never forget that the Bible said that babe in a stable was God Elohim with us. That babe named Jesus was the fleshly manifestation of that God with multiple characteristics. It's the very same God whose characteristics change from a distant spirit to a present savior. Here is Elohim, the God of changing characteristics. And to that end, I've come today to answer the question, what child is this? By telling you that he was El Kadim, the God of the beginning, El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty, El Misfah, the God of justice, El Silico, the God of forgiveness, El Marom, the God of the heights. What child is this? He is El Mikroth, the God who is near, El Mazi, the God of my strength, El Tehelari, the God of my praise, El Yashi, the God of my salvation, El Kedoshim, the God who is holy. What child is this? He's El Shaim, the living God, El Elohim, the God of all gods, El Hanyaman, 
the faithful God. El Hagadol. He's a great God. El Hakadosh. He's a holy God. El Yisrael. He is the God of Israel. What child is this? He is El Hashemayim. The God of the heavens. El Deol. The God of knowledge. He is El The God of truth. He is El Yeshuari. The God of my salvation. He is El Elyon. The most high God. He is Emmanuel. God with us. He is El Olam. The God of eternity. He is El Akad. The one true God. What child is this? Remember that this is the God of whom the characteristics change according to the needs of humanity. That's why the Jehovah of the Old Testament became the Jesus of the New Testament. That's why holy people of old used the word Jehovah to create compound names for the Lord to let them know exactly who that child was. That's why they called him Jehovah Adonai, the Lord our master, Jehovah El Olam, the God of everlasting, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider, Jehovah Elion, the God of our creation, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. What child is this? He is Jehovah Nisi, the God of my miracle, Jehovah Makedeshkim, the Lord our sanctification, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace, Jehovah Shiphat, the Lord our judge, Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, Jehovah Sikhanu, the Lord our righteousness. What child is this? He's Jehovah Ra, the Lord our shepherd. He's Jehovah Aon, the God of blessings. He is Jehovah Hasanu, the Lord our maker. Jehovah Gibor, the Lord our mighty one. Jehovah Shema, the Lord is here. Did somebody ask the question, what child is this? I've come to tell you that child in a manger is the great God Almighty in this service right now let's talk about it today shall we here's one of the wise men from the east he's asked about it and he said where is he who was born king of the Jews for we've seen his star in the east and we're come to worship him born a king could this babe be a king look at the child 
we, we, it's Christmas season. Look at the child in a manger. Could this babe literally be a king? It was this newborn babe that was already a king before he ever laid in a manger. If that confuses you, you'll have a nervous breakdown when you understand that babe in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes was called the king of the ages and the king eternal. He was called Zion's king and the king over all the earth and the king of glory. I propose to you today this child is the king of all kings and God said if I be lifted up I'll draw men. You want a healing today? I charge you, lift him up. Know who he is. Know his power. Know what he's able to do. He's in this house. What child is this? Oh, I can answer that. If that blew their mind, they'd they'd have... uh, a wipeout if they understood the full impact of the prophets declaring that there's a day that God's going to come to the earth. He's going to be uh, Emmanuel. He's going to be the God among us. But he said you're going to know he's on the way because his glory will kindle a burning fire. And from that moment, the God whose glory would kindle a burning fire became a fire throughout the entirety of the word of God. This is the God that showed up to Moses in a burning bush. This is the one the prophet jumped up and said he's a devouring fire. He's the one the other prophet said it's like fire shut up in my bones. God walked through Deuteronomy and he said the Lord is a consuming fire. Isaiah said I have seen the God of Israel like a fire. Ladies and gentlemen the God that said he would be a fire was on his way he walks through time God steps onto Mars Hill when Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal and God threw fire on Elijah's soggy sacrifice as God walked through time he stopped by Israel's journey through the wilderness and said I'm fixing to walk with you for a while how are you going to know that I'm walking with you I'm going to be a pillar of fire by night he marched into Solomon's temple and put a fire on the altar he marched to a star over Bethlehem and said follow it and I'll show you God what child is this John the Baptist knew what child it was he knew this was the one that the prophet spoke about and said he's going to mark everything around him with fire that's why when Jesus steps on the shore of the Jordan River he said behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world I indeed baptize you with under repentance but he that cometh after me is mightier than I the latchets of whose shoes I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and 
with fire. What child is this? Oh, that's easy. He's the God that ignites a fire. And if you don't have fire in your worship, you don't know him. If you don't have fire in your prayer, you don't know him. You've got to have fire. you don't know the fires of God you don't know the God of the fires I want you to hear me you really don't have a relationship with God if you can't relate to that thing jumping on you in the middle of a pew sitting in the middle of preaching when brother Bounds is preaching and all of a sudden you can't hold it back anymore if I was some of you in this building right now in need of a miracle I'd let that fire burn in me I'd let it snatch me out of a pew I'd let it change me I'm sorry did somebody ask what child is this let me explain what child it is he's the almighty God so secure in his power and in his authority that he willingly sought a lower state of being to reach for a lost humanity that's why the Bible said he made himself of no reputation and took on him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man that means that the God who required a lamb as an offering for sin became the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world what child is this he was the judge of the whole earth but he became the one judged by Pilate what child is this he is the great healer who became wounded for our transgressions what child is this he's the almighty deliverer who willingly became a prisoner what child is this he was the victor who became the victim he was the redeemer to take away sin that became sin for us that's who that babe in a manger was and yet we celebrate Santa uh, before we even celebrate Thanksgiving to give God an expression of our gratitude. I'm not against Christmas. I'm not against Santa Claus. I'm not against Christmas trees. All of that, that's, that's to each his own. But I'm going to tell you, he's no longer a babe in a manger. He's a God in this sanctuary he's a God in this place right now look at somebody right now and ask him what child is this the Bible said this child who had been wrapped in swaddling clothes are you listening to me right now the Bible said this child who had been wrapped in swaddling clothes was the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which was and is and is to come. Mind you, Alpha is the first letter of their alphabet. Omega is the last letter. It was God's way of saying, if you can spell it in your alphabet, I got it covered. You need a healer? I got it. You need a deliverer? I got it. You need a savior? I got it. 
you can take your alphabet and find out who that child is. You believe me? What child is this? He's the almighty. He's the bread of life. He's the comforter. He's the deliverer. He's the everlasting. He's the faithful. He's grace. He's holy. He's the I am. He is the just judge. He is the king of kings. He is a loving Lord. He is marvelous. He's new every morning. He's omnipotent. He's powerful. He's a quickening spirit. He's a redeemer. He's a savior. He's a temple of God's spirit. He is unequal. He is divine. He's worthy. He's excellent. He's yearning for souls and he's zealous. What child is this? Oh, I can answer that question for you today. He's the Alpha and the Omega. And if you're going to ask the question, what child is this? Go to the word of the Lord God. Hey, I'm trying to get somebody just to lift him up in this house. I'm trying to get somebody to believe that he's more than a babe in a manger. I'm trying to get somebody to say he's greater than my problem. He's greater than my need. The Bible tells us that God will never leave himself without witness. I propose to you that every book of the Bible lauds the greatness of that child that laid in a manger. If you don't understand that, let me elucidate and bring illumination to your mind. In Genesis, he was the tree of life. In Exodus, he was the I am. In Leviticus, he was the sacrificial lamb. In Numbers, he was the manna. In Deuteronomy, he was the life. What child is this? Oh, that's right. In Joshua, he was the scarlet cord. In Judges, he's the sword of the Lord. In Ruth, he's the kinsman redeemer. In 1 Samuel, he's a king. In 2 Samuel, he's the house of David. In 1 Kings, he's Solomon's temple. In 2 Kings, he's the antidote. What child is this? Oh, I can answer that. In 1 Chronicles, he's the promised Messiah. In 2 Chronicles, he's the finished temple. In Ezra, he's the king of Persia. In Nehemiah, he's the shelter. In Esther, he's the extended scepter. In Job, he's the all-seeing high. What child is this? In Psalms, he's the lifter of my head. In Proverbs, he's the wisdom of God. In Ecclesiastes, he's understanding. In the Song of Solomon, he is is the rose of Sharon. What child is this? In Isaiah, he's the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, he's the living water. In Lamentations, he's a man of sorrow. In Ezekiel, he's the wheel in the middle of the wheel. In Daniel, he's the fourth man in the fire. What child is this? Oh, the word will testify. Hosea, he's the bridegroom sister. In Joel, he's our salvation. In Amos, he's our sifter. 
in Obadiah he's Mount Zion's glory in Jonah he's the unstoppable Messiah in Micah he's the liberator in Nahum he's the refuge in Habakkuk he's the faith in Zephaniah he's the purifier in Haggai he's the desire of the nations in Zechariah he's the king of salvation and in Malachi he is the messenger that's what child this God is maybe the Old Testament ain't enough for some of you jokers well let me go to the New Testament and tell you in Matthew he's the son of David in Mark he's the son of God in Luke he's the son of man in John he's the word of God in Acts he's the shining light in Romans he's the substitute in 1 Corinthians he's the power of God in 2 Corinthians he's the husband what child is this in Galatians he's the deliverer in Ephesians he's the cornerstone in Philippians he's the Lord in Colossians he's the hope of glory in 1 Thessalonians he's the rescuer in 2 Thessalonians he's the judge in 1 Timothy he is the Godhead revealed in 2 Timothy he is the preacher's function in Titus he is the grace that teaches us to live above sin what child is this that we celebrate in this room today in the book of Philemon he's the restoration in the book of Hebrews he's your great high priest in the book of James he's the father of lights in 1st Peter he's a healer in 2nd Peter he's a savior of the world in 1st John he's the word of life in 2nd John he's the father's son in 3rd John he's truth and in Revelations he is the king of kings and the lord of lords that's who this child is Lift your spirit and love him right now. Pray. Pray. <laughs> Let me preach to somebody. There's no need to belabor the point. There's people in here right now that need more than a babe in a manger. You need more than a babe in a manger. You need to know the God that we celebrate tonight is bigger. He's stronger. He's able to take authority over anything you're facing. That's what this child is. He's here. I need somebody in here who needs a miracle today to listen to me. If you're here and you don't need a miracle, you just need a touch from God. I'm telling you, because of pandemics and having to dismiss services, we better never learn to come to church and coast to another service. We cannot afford to coast. We cannot afford to lay back. We cannot afford to wait until times are better. You're supposed to love him in the good times and in the bad times. You're supposed to serve him when you're high and when you're low.
No, those shepherds may not have had an entire grasp on who that child was. And most of the earth today doesn't have a real grasp on who that child was. But holy men and prophets of old knew exactly who he was. That's why Micah called him the God that pardons sins. And there's somebody in this building today, hear me well. I may have drunk sitting at my church on the pews this morning, but I bet you there's sinners in this sanctuary too. But I've got good news for you. He can pardon your sins. He can change your world. Uh, Jeremiah said, he's the God of our salvation. And he can be salvation in this house today. Daniel called him the God who's righteous. And he can make you righteous at an altar today. Stand with me all over this sanctuary. It's time for a manifestation of God. Here's what I want you to do. I want every person of faith in this building to lift your hands up and ask God to begin to deal with a spirit that will yield to him. It's time. It's time for a manifestation of God's spirit. It's time that somebody's body is miraculously healed. It's time that God starts putting the pieces of your chaos apart and putting the pieces of your life together. Korah called him and have a present help. He'll help you today. Moses said he's the God that fights for you. I tell you in the Holy Ghost, Jesus is in this house and he's willing to fight to bring you out, to lift you up, to change your world. Brother White, I don't deserve it. David called him a God full of compassion. That's who this child is. And he's got compassion in an environment just like this. God's able to reach beyond your beat down existence and say, I'll change him. I'll do something miraculous in their world. I speak to every sick body in this building today. I speak the word of faith to tell you that God is well able to heal your cancer, to drive back COVID. God's able to deal with your diabetes. God's able to deal with your high blood pressure. Hear me today. He can annihilate your arthritis. He can drive away any disease you've got. He's here. That's who that child was. Brother White, I don't deserve it. The Bible tells us that he is an ever-present help in the time of need. And Paul said, he's a way maker. Some of you that sit here today and say, I've got such a mess on my hands. There's no way that I can ever fix it. Well, thank you for being at church because I'd like to introduce you to the way maker. And if there is no way, then the way maker knows how to fix your issue. And here's what I'm going to do. God bless you. Thank you for putting up with me. I don't like to hear me preach. I hope y'all did okay. But here's what I need today. I need somebody in this building that'll say, Brother White, I need a miracle. I need a miracle in my body. I need a miracle in my family. 
I need a miracle in my finances. I need a miracle. I tell you in the Holy Ghost, there is miracles in this building right now. But God's not going to force it on you. You've got to step out of your seat and say, okay, God, here I am. I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what people may say. I need a miracle. That's it. Come on, darling. Come on, sir. I need a miracle right now. He is the God. Church, if you're here and you need a miracle, come. If you're here and you need an answer, come. If you're here and your life is perfect, you ought to be praying with somebody and asking God to set their world free.